Chapter Two, Part Three of Rocks and Their Origins by Grenville A. J. Cole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Limestones, Part Three. Limestone and Scenery. Limestones in the field are characterized by joints which traverse considerable thicknesses of strata until some shaly bed is met with in which earth stresses cannot set up such continuous planes of fracture since the conditions of deposition may remain constant for a long time in open seas and since stratification cannot be obvious until these conditions change limestones may have a massive character that is exceptional among sedimentary rocks in some cases however where muddy rivers in times of flood have brought detritus from the land rapid and no doubt seasonal alternations of shale and limestone may be observed the chalk of northwestern europe remains typically soft lending itself to cliff formation along the coast where landslides are frequent through undercutting from below were it not for the development of flints along stratification planes it would be impossible at a distance to detect any bedded structure in the rock its representatives in eastern france in the north zone of the alps or in the central apennines are compressed into far more resisting masses and rear themselves as terrace crags and sheer rock walls in which the structure due to vertical joints is paramount the english chalk weathers into round back downs clothed with thin grass and hollowed into combs by streams that have long ago run dry the soil owes hardly anything but its abundant flints to the white limestone rock on which it lies residual clays and sands derived from the breaking up of later beds allow of cultivation here and there and beechwoods flourish even on the crests of the high downs but water sinks freely into the ground and may so far saturate the mass as to appear again in wet seasons in hollows of the surface as temporary springs or bournes when deep wells are sunk and pumping is begun it is found that the supply varies greatly in different spots under seemingly uniform conditions even in so permeable a mass there are waterways where maximum flow occurs channels where water soaks in from above or weak places in the roofs of underground watercourses become marked at the surface by sinkings known as swallow holes these increase in size with time and are abandoned to the growth of scrub and trees among consolidated limestones as we have hinted the joints are effective in promoting bold rock scenery the absorptive power of the rock rather than its hardness prevents it from being washed away water that may round the edges of escarpments and send down taluses to modify the slopes sinks into the ground and works out passages by solution on level surfaces the solubility of limestone in water charged with carbon dioxide from the atmosphere is apparent by the formation of pitted hollows with edges between them that grow sharper until they are worn through where a raindrop first secures a resting place its successors deepen the little hollow water lies in this after every shower working its way gently downwards in time the rock may seem bored into as if prepared for blasting the holes unite to form vertical grooves and the surface is cut deeply into fantastic forms the face of the rock formed by weathering on a valley side or towards the sea or occurring on any mass that is being cut back and reduced by denudation is likely to be vertical or at any rate perpendicular to the bedding the form of the surfaces of the beds is perpetuated by their fairly uniform lowering through solution the result is that stratification surfaces and planes perpendicular to them 
control in a very marked degree the scenery of limestone lands. Where the beds are level, with occasional partings of a slightly different composition, the country will develop terraces, like those of the Burren in northern Clare. Where they are folded, as in the Juras, scarps and dip slopes follow one another picturesquely, the weathered edge of the bed, the true escarpment, being sometimes at an angle as steep as that of the dip. Hence a false effect of sharp peaks is produced, when these edges are seen end-on at a distance. The terrace structure may be seen in miniature forms upon a rocky shore, where the blocks loosened from the escarpments of the successive beds are carried away by the waves. Frost action is powerful in larger instances, and sends down huge blocks upon the lower terraces. A combination of shale bands and massive limestones, especially with a dip outward from the highland, leads to destructive landslips, since the sloping surface of shale is lubricated by water that passes through the limestone. Outward slips of the coast are thus common in Antrim and have been extensive near Axmouth, two regions where chalk rests upon liassic clays. Broken ground then occurs freely under limestone scarps, and the falling blocks often prevent the growth of trees. The freshness of the rock face above and of the talus below calls attention to spots where denudation is most active. Differences in the constitution of the beds are indicated by differences of the slope formed by denudation on the rocky walls. The huge canyons of Arizona afford effective illustrations. These canyons owe much of their character to the presence of vertically jointed limestone. The small rainfall of the region has allowed the rivers to deepen their channels ahead of the wearing back of the walls. Yet even where valleys are widened by rain and other atmospheric agents, those formed in limestone will maintain the character of ravines. In the valley sides of Derbyshire, or the Franconian Plateau, or of the Arve near Salange, where the crags rise a mile or more above the stream, we see how canyon cutting is assisted by the joints in limestone. The ravine of the Dorby, east of Milo in Averon, in the romantic region of the Cossus, is a winding gorge two thousand feet in depth. That of Tarn, a little to the north, has only recently been penetrated by a road, cut out for the most part in a vertical rock wall. When we observe, especially from the stream itself, the details of these sheer valley sides excavated in limestone, we again and again detect evidences of solution. High above the present water level, the rocks are rounded, and are often undercut, so that they overhang. In Millersdale and Derbyshire, above grass-grown taluses, the surface is still smooth to the hand, and we can picture the water swirling against it and washing it away, as it does now in the bottom of the grim ravines of Carniola. A large number of limestone canyons clearly represent underground waterways, the roofs of which have fallen in. This may be true of the fine gorge of Cheddar, and in many cases is proved by the existence of rock arches bridging across the hollow of the stream. The characters of an unmitigated limestone region are best seen when we travel east of the Adriatic. Here what have been styled the karst landscapes become prominent, and may be followed through the Greek Isles to the Levant. Something of the kind is realized in the terraced lands between the Rhone and the upper reaches of the Durance. Lavender bushes form dull green spots on almost barren hills, and the grey walls of old stone-built towns are barely distinguishable against equally grey hillsides. But towards Trieste, 
the limestone lands are barer still. The small amount of insoluble material yielded by the rock may accumulate in swallow holes, which are here called dolinas, a Slavonic word really meaning valleys. This residue appears in the dolinas as a red clayey earth, the terra rosa of the Italian-speaking Dalmatian coast. But on the surface of the plateaus it is washed or blown away as soon as it is extracted from the limestone. A. Grund has suggested that the frequency of frost action in more northern areas allows surfaces of limestone to be cumbered with loose blocks among which soil patches may gather. Hence we do not find karst features on the plateaus of central Bavaria, Champagne, or the Cotswold Hills. Something approaching to a karst appears in the wind-swept levels of southern Galway and of Clare, and exposure to strong winds has probably a good deal to do with the origin of the Cossus and the Illyrian karstlands. At the same time, the amount of impurity in the limestone must strongly influence the resulting landscape. The noble woods in the limestone hollows of southern Ireland are rendered possible by the clay soils derived from the limestone, as much as by the sheltered nature of the ground. In typical karstlands, water sinks in and emerges again on low ground, where the surface forms cut the level of the subterranean water table. Streams that manage to hold their own for a time on the uplands often disappear into the clefts. Marshes may occur in the hollows, but may have no outlet except in vertical directions, upwards by evaporation and downwards through the dolinas. The dolinas correspond, as the Slavonic shepherd so aptly perceived, to the river valleys of more normal areas. The landscape of flowing streams has to be sought for in a mysterious underworld, of which we can gain only a few glimpses. What we know is largely due to explorers of singular enterprise and resource, notably E. A. Martel and the speleologist whom he has inspired. A view over the plateau of Herzegovina shows us how deep gorges, rather than ordinary river valleys, are prevalent where important streams run across a karstland. The roads are carried, where possible, along the ravines, and the country possesses a double life, that of the broad uplands, where tanks have to be made to preserve the water, and that along the commercial highways, four or five thousand feet below. Even beside the rivers there is a sense of desolation in the barren whiteness of the rocks. The sunlight strikes on the wall of some theatre of the limestone, carved out in old times by a side-swirl of the stream, and the hollow glares like a white furnace in the hills. The river in summer shrinks among broad stony reaches to which thin-flanked sheep are driven for a scanty pasture. Its clear green water gives no promise of alluvium for its banks. Limestone, even in temperate Europe, may create the features of a desert land. The most extraordinary rock scenery in Europe is due to limestone in the Dolomitic state. It is not clear if the crags and pinnacles of Tyrol are caused by the change from calcium carbonate into dolomite, whereby a granular mass has arisen, weathering freely along its vertical joints. It may well be that these compact limestones have developed an exceptionally jointed structure under earth stresses, and that faulting has intensified their tendency to break up into fort-like blocks. Stratified masses of more normal Redic limestones often provide a terrace structure near the mountain crests, but in thousands of feet of underlying dolomite, vertical clefts prevail entirely over planes of bedding. If, as is extremely probable, 
these dolomite rocks arose from the composite masses that we style coral reefs stratification was none the less a marked feature as their limestone grew in thickness this structure is still plainly visible but the joints have been widened and the mass is cut up into stupendous pinnacles and dominating towers the Drezinen near landro the deeply notched wall of the langefell and the placafell rising four thousand feet above a grassy upland of normal lower triassic strata and the overhanging crests of the set sass above buchenstein are types of a country where dolomite is preeminent and where the zone of steep rock weathering is marked by the most fantastic forms on marbles any limestone the markings or color of which render it suitable for ornamental purposes passes as a marble fossil marbles are often mere gray limestones in which the stems of crinoids or the curved sections of shells or the radiating patterns due to corals please the eye with their variety on a polished surface the purebeck marble that was so much used as a gray foil to the massive white columns of cathedrals throughout england is simply a fresh-water limestone of no great merit as a building stone crowded with the shells of paludina the black marbles are limestones colored by one or two percent of carbon derived from the decay of organisms and white shells may stand out in them conspicuously in contrast with the ground the red marbles of plymouth and of cork have become iron stained and at the same time secondary crystallization has destroyed many of their original features in little island near cork city earth movements have crushed the mass which in consequence shows signs of solid flow the breaking of a crystalline limestone under such stresses furnishes us with many handsome marble breccias the abrupt juxtaposition of angular masses of various colors torn from beds originally distinct renders some of these rocks almost too startling for the decoration of rooms of moderate size there seems no such thing in nature as amorphous carbonate of lime and all limestones are therefore formed of crystalline particles but the further crystallization of this material produces a true marble in which all traces of fossils may be lost heat and pressure underground probably facilitate this change since even soft chalk is converted by igneous dikes into granular marble but where the pressure is accompanied by the possibility of movement the shearing action breaks down the grains and a more delicate structure results we have already seen how dolomite may undergo striking mineral changes through advanced metamorphic action lime garnets wollastonite diopside and other silicates similarly develop in ordinary limestones exposed to the intrusion of an igneous magma the extreme changes in such rocks will be described when amphibolites are dealt with end of chapter 2